All right, welcome to On the Ground, a podcast for the members of Hill City Baptist Church in Peterborough, Ontario. Uh, my name is Ben. I am here with myself today and also with Rylan, um, a snappy dresser and an all-around great guy, uh, and also Malachi, our faithful audio technician. I'm surrounded uh, with better men today. Um, Alex is probably in the midst of kissing the Bajan shores farewell. <laughs> He's been there for the past two weeks. Yeah. He's probably bored out of his mind by this point. <laughs> I was though. thinking that too, actually. Yeah. His, his wife is from Barbados. So from time to time, they fly off. So Al can do his uh, Zumba aerobics on the, on the <laughs> beach there. So, um, so one of our, our listeners a few weeks ago uh, suggested that we do a podcast on, on money and uh, how we use money. It's a great idea. It's a vast subject, but it's an important one. Uh, we're both kind of discussing before how we both kind of feel, your, feel our, our failures in this regard. Um, but uh, yeah, we need to talk about it. And I think uh, one thing to remember, just as we start off, I, think, I don't think we can repeat it enough, is that as Christians, uh, we view all subjects through biblical lenses. Uh, the purpose of these podcasts is not to kind of give our opinions, share some tips and tricks that have been kind of helpful for us. Ultimately, we want to communicate what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, conform to Christ. That's right, yeah. yeah, yeah. And being, being God's Word, uh, not only does it require our obedience, but as we've, as we've talked about before, uh, it's, it's uniquely suited to direct our lives towards true wisdom and also, and also true flourishing. Uh, I was actually just thinking about, um, you know, how we, how we teach our kids. And hopefully as we mature and gain experience and have that knowledge, we want to use that for their good, right? We want to direct them in the way that is best for them, not just because we like, you know, oppressing our kids and putting them down, right? We've got some views of what we think they should do. and Yeah. Yeah, here, we're going to lay it on. Thick. That's right. We really want them to look like us. And if they can do that, that's not, yeah. that's not what we want. We want them to look like Christ. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, but how, if that's true for us, you know, as, as evil people, uh, as, as fallible dads and moms, how much greater, uh, you know, the true God of omniscience, of omnipotence, and uh, steadfast love and mercy. How much more does he want that for, for his children? Um, yeah, that's a good. That's a really good starting point because, especially when we talk about money, we typically we associate flourishing or prosperity with wealth. That's right. Um, and I think, based on what we talked about before, we're going to flip that principle on its head in one sense. Yes. We're going to suggest that that actually has absolutely nothing to do with prosperity. Yeah. Yeah, true um, prosperity. Yeah, true prosperity. But, yeah, so that's important to note. That's like God is a loving Father who has our good in mind. I, I was just reading that in Deuteronomy where he, he basically is saying, you know, all these things I've commanded you for your good, mm. for your good. Yeah. Is that 12? Deuteronomy 12? Uh, uh, or around 10. 10, yeah. okay, yeah. Deuteronomy 10. Yeah. I I think it's it, it's always important important to mention that because especially as it concerns money, we can so quickly lean and rest on kind of the conventional, accepted, reasonable sounding wisdom, uh, you know, that we come up with or, for, you know, that comes up from the, the financial gurus around us. 
Um, and if there's one thing we see in the Bible, though, is that conventional wisdom often doesn't run parallel to biblical wisdom. Uh, I was thinking of Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, mm. but in the end, it leads to death. Yeah. Um, so therefore, we should always be inclined away from trusting ourselves uh, and from generally accepted or kind of intuitive, reflexive wisdom uh, as it concerns everything, but especially money. Uh, and I was thinking as an example of how biblical wisdom runs up against our own in um, uh, The Poor Woman in Luke mm -hmm. 21. I was thinking, what counsel would conventional wisdom give this woman? You know, she comes up to you uh, and says, I've got $2 left, which is about the modern equivalent of mm -hmm. two mites. Mm -hmm. um, it's all I have to, to go on for this week. Uh, I, I want to um, you know, tithe it, and give it to God, mm. uh, what do you think I should do? <laughs> what would conventional wisdom usually say in that? I, I almost feel like I don't need to answer that. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's a leading question. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's true. It is... You know, it's funny. I, I almost <laughs> want to jump away to that to a parallel because one yeah. of the things I think about is that uh, in our church, we've, we've had a lot of students, and I don't want to pick on students in this way, but... I know for a fact that as, as a student, there's, there's often this thought that um, you have no money to spare, yep. um, um, that you can't give. Um, and, and there's room to say, you know, within the, the bounds of, okay, well, I'm, I'm living on a loan. It's not really my money kind of thing. But you see that principle of we feel like if we're at the, you know, these sort of this lower end of the spectrum of prosperity, we immediately, uh, the, the mindset goes to, okay, well, I just have to make sure I'm providing for myself that's first right. kind of thing. Yep. Um, and the, that's exactly what you're getting at is that conventional wisdom says, think about yourself first. Yeah. And that's really, that's what Jesus is flipping on its head when he's talking about that, right? He's right. praising this woman yes. because she goes against that. Yeah, that's right. And that's just, that's just one example. Um, you know, the, the wisdom of man says, you know, do you have enough to get by on this week? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the wisdom that starts with the fear of the Lord says, well, how much do you love God? And how much do you mm -hmm. believe that he can provide for you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's, that's, and that's a really important distinction, right? Is we're talking about, we're talking about the fact that God, maybe this is a good point to talk about Psalm 24. Mm. <laughs> like the, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof is the opening, opening line. And the whole point there is like everything belongs to God. Everything comes under his kingly rule. That's right. And it, it all in that sense is it is his. That's right. So from the get-go, we need to flip our mindset about money to stop thinking about it. It's mine to give to God how much I want kind That's of thing right. or to, to use. I want, but it, you know, we're stewards. We were saying stewardship would be a good, that's a right. good sort of offshoot podcast. Yeah, of this, we, but, we should probably do one on that. Um, um, but, but the, uh, the, the principle here is thinking about is how often do we actually stop to think that principle? Mm -hmm. And I, I think this for myself, I don't do this. Yeah. And this is one of the things that's convicting me the most in coming into this podcast is thinking, oh, I don't ever stop and think this is God's money. This yes. all belongs to the Lord. Yeah. Yep. and how I spend it. Um, but, but having that change, um, I think you have to go back to the fact that we're saying God is a father who cares. You know, um, God is a father who has our best interests. That the, when, he, when we think about it as his money, 
alongside of the fact that he's the God who is looking for our best interests, then we are freed to sort of make decisions based on how we use that money, kind of thinking, um, okay, it's all his, but he's also, when I conform to what he wants me to do with my money, that's actually when it's going to be best. Yeah. Um, and like you said, you're trusting him to provide. Yeah. Um, there's another great verse, uh, Deuteronomy 8, 17. Uh, and this God talking to the Israelites, and he says, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. He's talking about when they get into the land, when God prospers them. This is going to be their temptation to look around and say, you know, look what the strength of my hands has produced. Mm -hmm. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Mm -hmm. What a great specific verse to this principle. Um, you know, we live and breathe and work and recreate only as the word of Christ preserves the molecules around us to, to yeah. stay together, <laughs> only as God preserves us from the myriad of possible tragedies on any day when we're at mm -hmm. work. How many things could go wrong? Yeah. Um, you know, even preserving us through the night, how many things could go wrong in our brain? Mm -hmm. And yet he, he wakes us up, uh, preserves us. His mercies are new every morning. Um, yeah, sometimes you can think about God's provision in a, a sort of mystical, like he sort of snaps his fingers and the guy that hired you was like, okay, I'm going to pick him. Yeah. But it's actually, it's, it's better to go deeper than that. Like God actually upholds all things that's and, right. and, and all of his provision is coming through the fact that you have a body that can That's right. And, and an infrastructure like in society where we can even get a paycheck, right? I mean, we take that for granted. If you mm -hmm. look at places like Sudan and Haiti, I mean, they're... It's collapsing, like, and, and uh, mm -hmm. inflation is way up, and, and, and those things are also God's blessing, even the, the infrastructure of yeah. society around us. Um, so it, we are all, in one sense, every human being that lives and, and breathes, are not our own. Mm -hmm. But I was also thinking, for Christians, we are, are doubly not our own. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20, it says, you are not your own, but you have been bought with a price. Mm -hmm. Uh, not silver, uh, you know, not just silver or gold, as First Peter reminds us, but with the, the precious blood of Christ, mm -hmm. uh, such a, a precious commodity. And so that means that we should view our time and our money as Christians, our resources, as first and foremost available to God and for the furtherance of his kingdom in the world. Mm -hmm. I was thinking kind of analogy, if we were forgiven a massive, let's say, let's say we had a massive debt and a benefactor came along and forgave us of that massive debt. Not only forgave us, but gave us a huge stipend uh, to live off of, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, just a massive income. Would we resent him if he asked us to go and buy a bag of milk, uh, you know, for, for him? Yeah. It's like, uh, well, of course not, right? We're living on his income in the first place. And yet, and like you say, you know, we don't often think on the ground of that. Mm -mm. No, no, nobody whips out their credit card with a thought that I'm spending from God's bank account right now, yeah. you know, to sort of put it in modern terms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I think, and there's a fundamental shift there. Again, it, coming back to that idea, we belong to God. We were mm. made in his image. Mm. We, uh, we exist and live for a purpose that he has set out. And in one sense, that, that burden is placed upon all humans. But what you're, yes. saying, what you're saying is 
is we're adding to that. We're not adding just the fact you've been created by God, but you've been redeemed by That's God. That's right, yeah. There's this double purpose that, yes. that Christ has, well, he's taken the principle of good stewardship, of generosity, of, of, um, taking, of having the complete access to all of God's resources and using them for the good of others mm-hmm. and for the purposes of yes. God, which is, I think, That's the point great. of that passage in 2 Corinthians 8, right? He who was... Uh, rich became poor, so yeah, that for his, for your sake yeah. became poor, yeah, yeah, so that we that's might become, yeah. become rich, yeah, and, that, and that's you know Christ is uh, incarnating that idea. He is embodying what it means to be a good steward of all that God gives to mm. us there, mm. and He's doing it on and eternal degree higher than that's us. That's right, yeah. But at the same time, we think about that, and it's like look at the gospel. Jesus had no reason to die for us. He had no reason to give up his, uh, or to embrace sort of the poverty of human flesh. Um, but he does. And he chooses to spend his resources in that way for our sakes. Yeah. And, and, and as Christians, you know, you're not just purchased out of bankruptcy, spiritual bankruptcy, but you're, you're accredited, you know, to use that yeah. That sort of language. Joint partners in his yeah. account. Yeah. Yeah. With the the wealth of God, which is why Jesus says, you know, um, you can't serve money and God. Well, money isn't a thing that we want. It's what money can get us. Mm-hmm. And same thing with God. It's you know, g- um, God is a resource, and seeing Him as a resource that we love because we can, uh, He can supply us our every need is is the goal. As yeah. What to is that money. Uh, song? The, the cattle on a thousand hills yeah. are His. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just unlimited resources. Yeah, um, I was just thinking on that line of generosity, there's, there's just, the New Testament is just brimming over with examples, um, but the balance of the scale is always tilted towards generosity in the scriptures rather than frugality. And I think that's something that we just need to remind ourselves. For example, 2 Corinthians chapter eight. So in the midst of an extremely severe trial, um, the Macedonian church is just overflowing uh, with joy. And in their extreme poverty, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it wells up in this, in this rich generosity. Um, and Paul says, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and not only that, and even beyond their ability. Right? Um, and, you know, we see those uh, in the early church as well. Uh, liquidating their assets and putting them at the disciples' feet. We have the the Philippian church amply providing for Paul to the point where he essentially says, you know, I have more than I need. Just, like, stop giving. I, I don't need any more. Um, you, there's some other ones you could think of? or um, You mentioned Hebrews. My mind started working backwards yeah. there, actually. Sorry. I was, no, that's okay. I was thinking about... Um, inserting just how important that it is, but maybe maybe we'll continue your line of thinking and I'll come back to that thought. Um, you're talking about the Macedonian church and I've been reading Thessalonians, which is essentially, I think that's who Paul's thinking of yeah. when he says the Macedonian church. Okay. And how it, it says they've been taught by God mm. to love one another. Mm. Like you, He says, you don't, I don't need to write to you about brotherly love because you've been taught by God how to love one another. And I think you're kind of seeing that when he says about their generosity, that that the way we use our resources, the way we use our wealth, our dollars, um, says something massively about um, who is the Lord of our heart and who, who, are, who is our 
our master? Who are we following? Who are we imitating? That's right. Yeah. Right? And, and going back to that idea of, you know, Christ has shown us what the height of this looks like. Well, if we're not imitating Christ, we're, you know, um, we're not going to be doing these things. But if you are doing these things, this is the imitation of Christ. Yeah. That to say, I'm going to spend my money, I'm going to use it, I'm going to overflow in generosity, not for my own purposes, but for the sake of others, which I think we've talked about in the podcast before, that the essence of loving is to say, like, I'll think about others first. That's right. At cost to myself. Yeah. And we see that, uh, that principle of um, how we live and how we respond to the gospel as, as evidence that, uh, you know, repentance has taken place. And yeah. we see, uh, you know, when Jesus calls Zacchaeus down from the tree, a uh, tax collector, goes to his house, meets with his friends, Zacchaeus says, uh, I'm going to give half of mm-hmm. everything I own to the poor. And what does Jesus say? Salvation has come to this house. Yeah. It's like such a clear testimony to the grace and the new life that had been wrought mm-hmm. within him. Mm-hmm. I, I can't help but mention this because uh, I heard uh, Michael Haken say it in one of my lectures a couple of weeks ago. Or I guess it was last semester, a couple of months ago. But Jesus talks about, he talks about money way more than he talks about sexual That's sin. That's right, yeah. And I think that is giving, there's something more fundamental almost to our human sinfulness that, that says, how am I using my resources for myself? that says more about, you know, the transforming uh, grace when we become generous, when we become like Christ and we're willing to use our resources for God's purposes. It says more about that transformation of heart than, than, than sexual sin does, than the, 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 the transformation of the heart to become pure. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's interesting that Jesus focuses on that more. I think Haken says it's like five times more often Jesus talks about money than sexual sin, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And, you know, he says it's harder for a rich person to be enter the kingdom than for a camel to crawl through the eye of a needle. Yeah. Um, It's it's saying something here that what we're, you know, what you're getting at in the idea of look at how generous these Thessalonians were, or the Macedonians were. Read the book of the Thessalonians and you'll hear Paul, like, he's just lauding their genuine faith. He's so excited about it. And it says something about us, maybe to put it negatively now and, and maybe leave it as a bit of a stinger, is... What, if, what, what does it say about us when we're not doing this? Yeah. What does it say about us when our money is, is essentially being used for our own ends mm. and is very rarely being used for generous purposes and, and you know, even higher than that, God's purposes? Yeah. There's, uh, there's a great quote from Tolstoy, actually. He says, The antagonism between life and conscience may be removed either by a change of life or by a change of conscience. Mm. Uh, That's a great quote. He's saying, if you know you should be doing something that you aren't or doing something that you shouldn't be, you can either adjust your life, uh, that is, you know, do the things you should be doing or stop doing the things you shouldn't be doing. The Bible calls that repentance. Um, or you can adjust your conscience. Another word for adjust there is to suppress or sear your conscience to the point where you can no longer hear its cries. Uh, Randy Alcorn says uh, of that quote, he says, many of us have elected to adjust our consciences Mm -hmm. as it concerns our calling to be sacrificial givers rather than our lives. Um, Our powers of rationalization are unlimited and allow us to live lives of luxury and indifference. Um, I think it goes a bit along with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know. It makes me think about that what Paul's saying, your conscience has been seared. That's right. It's a scary thing. <laughs> and Just it, thinking of places. You that's know. right. It doesn't happen all at once. It, it hap- it's, it's those micro decisions we make in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, you see someone in need or, you know, something that you could help out with. And our impulse, you know, is not normally, oh, you know, how much can I give? How much can we spare this month? It's, oh, I got this bill, this bill, this came up. I got to pay for that. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and before, it, it, it's quenching the spirit, I think. Uh, the, the spiritual impulse should be to be generous. Mm-hmm. But we just throw buckets of water on that before it has a chance to, to kind of rise up and, 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 and warm others. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see how this would be a good, you know, <laughs> it'd be another good segue to a podcast would be to talk about budgeting. Yes. How do, how do we actually think about, um, because God does want to provide for your bills and he does want to, like, God does want to help us. Yes. Now, he may not always want to provide you for your bills. And that maybe is a crazy thought that maybe God wants to, um, to see you spread financially thin in a physical, worldly sense, to see you uh, filled up in a spiritual, like flourishing sense. That's right. A, in the generosity of the heart, that when you can give your money when it, it's hurting most, like that woman that, that comes and gives mm-hmm. her last two, you know, pennies, um, that that God wants to do something amazing in in filling you with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Yes, and and the more the more things. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I don't want the more, to. <laughs> the more things we have, yeah, we're very distractible people. I mean, a lot of people think they can do a lot of things well, but it's just not true. Mm-hmm. And especially as it concerns money, and Brandy Alcorn brings this up. I mean, the more things you have, the more bills you have, the more you have to worry about. And the more you are worried about those things, the less preoccupied you can be in the things of God and investing in heavenly treasure. Mm-hmm. We're actually we're actually killing ourselves the, the more we amass. Um, and we talked a while ago when we were doing our podcast on on time, uh, the, the good use of time and how everyone says they're busy and, you know, we're all busy. There's all stuff we've got to do. And yet, if you sit down and look at your schedule, I think a lot of people will find that there's gaps there. There is, um, you know, there's... We're not quite as busy as we thought we were. There's maybe a half an hour here and there. And I think it probably applies the same to our budgets and our money, where we say, you know, I, I don't have any extra money to give. Mm. Um, you know, it's tight this month. And the next day we pay our Netflix bill or, yeah. you know, we, we buy a gadget on Amazon. And, uh, you know, all these little things. And it's like, well. Or you spend $50 at the thrift store. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We can often kind of excuse those things, right? It's like, well, it's not new, right? Yeah. I'm saving the environment. I, mean. <laughs> I went to the thrift store. It's it's justifiable. Yeah, yeah that's Sorry, right. I'm only saying that because my wife and I have a joke about that. All yeah, time. no, we do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the reality is, uh, sorry, did you want to? Uh, no, no, just you're talking about um, sort of the anxiety that we feel about it. And there's uh, there's so many good passages to talk about when we think about anxiety and how God provides for us. And mm-hmm. I just happened to read this one earlier this morning. So, but but Jesus is saying, "Don't be anxious. You know, you can't add a sp- who can add a single hour to the span of his life by worrying about things. Yeah. You know, and God provided for Solomon and like, but this closing sort of promise or or comfort that Jesus provides, He says, "Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom." Mm. 
Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide for yourself money bags that do not grow old with treasure in heaven that does not fail where the thief approach, where no thief approaches, no moth destroys for where your treasure is there your heart will be also. But that fear not little flock, it's, it's your great, father's good yeah. pleasure to give mm. you the kingdom. And I think Piper has a little article on this where he says, you know, he's not, he's not just our shepherd, but he's our father and, our, and the king. And it's, he's, he is guiding us and leading us towards what is good. He is a father who is benevolent, who cares, and he is the king of all, and he can give you his kingdom. And he's saying, this father, this king, this shepherd is saying, don't be afraid, don't be anxious. Right. I'm going to give you all these things if you pursue not, not wealth, not, not material wealth, not or earthly, but, but the treasure in heaven, you know. Lay up for yourselves treasure in That's heaven. That's right, yeah. And what a, what a precious, valuable... I mean, we think it's the worst thing in the world to to be strapped and be going to the end of the month and not have enough. It's mm-hmm. like that that is the worst thing that could happen in mm-hmm. our society. But it's like what a, what a precious and valuable time to be forced into a place where you need to trust God. Mm-hmm. And, and I can testify, and you probably can too, how God always shows up. Mm-hmm. We think in that moment that we're just on our own, right? God... Mm-hmm. We, whatever, we've screwed up too bad or mm-hmm. we haven't budgeted right or we, we gave that there where we shouldn't have. And, uh-huh. and, uh, but he always comes through. And, that, mm-hmm. and that's a precious thing to, to be able to see that. And it leads the way to, to greater giving and greater generosity. I, I was reading in this same book. I'm going to say it again. This is a great book to get. There's not many books on uh, stewardship and money. Randy Alcorn's book, Money, Wealth, and Eternity. Money, Possessions, and Eternity. It's a great book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he says, um, Rylan, what was I talking about? I completely lost my train of thought. Sorry, brother. <laughs> I got distracted thinking about something else, too. So <laughs> See, this we is just the both problem. Died. We're both in our own. Uh, coming to the end of the month uh, <laughs> and God providing. Uh, guys, it was so profound. I think it just would have been the cherry on this podcast, but I completely <laughs> forgot. Anyways, uh, it's just it's just a, a great opportunity to be forced into the hands of our our mm. ever providing God mm-hmm. in those circumstances. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, this is what I was thinking of while you were talking. Okay, there. well, it better be good. No, that line of thought <laughs> was. Um, yeah, so uh, maybe and maybe even just kind of summarizing, we've said you know every, you know we all belong to God. And on, on top of that, as Christians, we've been redeemed out of the fact that we've abandoned God. And we have this double responsibility to use all that we have for him. But um, uh, not only is Christ the example of God's generosity, but, but the way to worship and exalt and lift God up as truly everything is his. And not only is everything his, but he is an eternal fountain of generosity. Yeah is to put your trust in that, is to not worry and be anxious about it. To say I will give away my measly $2 for the purposes of God and for the benefit of another above myself is a way to put trust in the fact that God is the one who can provide anything that you possibly could need. And and that is, and, and to encourage people, you know, you know, Jesus sees the woman putting her two measly pennies in, but it kind of seems like no one else does. Right. And uh, we, we need to be encouraged that our Father sees in secret. That's right. And that it doesn't need to be that we're, we're showing off how much we're giving, but, you know, that, that in our hearts when we decide and we resolve and we do give, it um, doesn't matter if anyone else sees it, God sees it. And that exalts him. He is worshipped and honored in that. Yeah, Jesus says she gave in more than all of the other yeah, Pharisees yeah, gave in. Yeah, yeah. And, and just to encourage people with that, like that is... Like it is, God is pleased by that. I think we were 
Alex preached a sermon over back in December about, you know, that it, God is, it pleases God to pursue holiness and, yeah. and, and godliness. That's right. And it pleases God when you use your money for the sake of others. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, a, it's especially important to cultivate that impulse when you have little. Because a lot of people think that um, things are tight right now. When I have more, then I'll start giving. Mm-hmm. I've thought that. But if, and I have too. But if we haven't prioritized it when we have little, if, if when we're making our budget, we don't factor that into the budget. It's not, well, when we get to the end of the month, if I have some left over, I'll give. Yeah. Because chances are you never will. Yeah. But if you make that a priority when you have little... Um, those are the ha- you're, you're, you're putting yourself in the way of good habits, mm-hmm. and that's how we grow in godliness. And when you have more, you'll be able to give more. I actually thought of um, what I was going to say. Was <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, no, just an illustration. Uh, Alcorn is talking to this very wealthy guy. I think he he's some you know excavator contractor in the states, but he gives ninety percent of his income away, and uh, he's like, the more I shovel out the more God shovels back. <laughs> and, and obviously we don't give just so we can get. Yeah. But uh, go, going back to, you know, uh, God is a generous God and certainly has no limit to his resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I, I, it's funny. I'm always trying, repeating this phrase for uh, my kids, but the, um, Paul says, Jesus says, it's better to give than to receive. Yes. It is better to give than to receive. And... Uh, I'm trying to, you know, I have to learn how to teach, to model that for them too. And we need mm. to learn how to model that for our kids if we really believe it, you know. You see in kids, it's, this is why having kids is great because you see your own sinfulness sort of displayed <laughs> right back in yeah. your face. But, um, you know, kids are always are wanting to take and like have their own toys and they, they are governed by that sinfulness That's of right. like selfish thoughts. But... Um, that is how ultimately we all are. And we need to realize that that's actually not better. Kids are never happy when they're taking toys from other people. No. It's, it's an immediate gratification, but then it just sparks this awful relational divide. Yeah. And this is the reality is that um, the way to flourish, the way to have relational unity and harmony is actually to see that it's better to give. It's better to consider your interests above my own. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we don't know what happened necessarily to that woman after she gave her two pennies and went on that week. But if we look in the scripture, I was even thinking of the, the widow who, um, was it Elijah or was she, uh, offered to uh, give him hospitality and make him bread with the last flour and oil. Was it Elijah? It was one of the prophets. Yes. 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 And, um, yeah. And you know, she's, she was thinking to herself, well, this is it. I don't have anything else to live on. And, and God, uh, multiplying her oil. And, mm-hmm. and, and that mm-hmm. is the promise that we have. Uh, whether you have much or whether you have little, God has promised never to leave us or forsake us. Um, he's a refuge. He's a strong tower. He's full of steadfast love and, and eagerness to give uh, if we ask. Uh, so I think well, we're going to close it off there. We may revisit this subject again. There's lots mm-hmm. of avenues yeah. we could go down. Guys, even just thinking about we, you know, we talked about not having money, but what about those who have lots of money? That's right. What does it look like in that circumstance? Because yeah. God has used wealthy people for amazing kingdom purposes. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So. Another good one. Yeah. You don't need to feel guilty for having money. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like, we definitely need to continue this. <laughs> okay. Well, we, there might be a part two or part three, but uh, again, 
What's that? No, I said part four. Oh, Sorry, part four. Yeah, we might be stretching it there. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, and uh, hopefully we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.